Happy New Year and welcome to the first Western Sports FC podcast of 2020. This year we're hoping for a little bit less rain than we had at the tail end of last year and that will lead to the podcast becoming a little bit more regular once again. We've got a major fundraiser on the horizon and we'd really appreciate your support. We're holding a common night. This will take place at the Club 94 in Yeovil and it's Saturday the 1st of February, so not long. Come and watch four professional comedians in action for just £10 while supporting local football. Our previous comedy nights have been a great success. Please come on down and make the most of the first day after dry January finishes. It is Thursday the 9th of January and with me tonight at the moment is Chris Wells and hopefully we'll be joined by Malik Kamal shortly. Uh, so Chris, we'll start off by talking about the reserves games. And you've got to cast your mind back now quite some time because uh, we've got two games to cover and the first one was on the 14th of December. Um, so long it's been since we've done this and that's how long it's been since we've played many games. So uh, it was a game against Stalbridge. Stalbridge. Um, we'd had a lot of rain in the week but the game was given the go-ahead. Um, it was a nice day for football but the pitch was soft and we knew it was going to cut up and the game was going to get difficult uh, yeah it looked really good uh, if you just looked at it without running on the pitch you'd think it'd be really really nice it was very soft uh, and it cut up pretty quickly uh, and uh, it got very heavy um, but it was yeah considering the amount of rain we've had it was it was pretty good shape actually yeah and the day didn't start that well because the first team game was off and we're expecting Flens to come down and either be in the team or be on the bench and he didn't show up and Morley got an injury in the warm-up so it was a disappointing start with losing a couple of players that should have been there. Yes, um, considering we didn't have a first team game to only have 12 players available for, for, the, for selection was is a little bit disappointing. I understand what position the reserves are supporting the first team. Um, so it would have been nice had we had a little bit more support, but understand what position we're in. Um, and game started, and we started pretty strong, really. I mean, maybe not carving open chances, but certainly dominate possessions. I mean, Sweeter's corners are certainly causing difficulty, and Bertie probably got his head on one, which is the closest, but dominant without really threatening, shall we say, to start with. I think that's probably a theme of uh, both this uh, 14th of December and the game we've recently played, actually, where we seem to be pretty good on the ball. We hold it well. Um, we don't seem to create as many chances uh, as we possibly could. However, as we settled into this game, we started to create quite, quite a few more. Um, it must be said, Stallbridge, when we played them at their place, uh, weren't, um, weren't, I don't think, didn't, Let's try and put this politely. Uh, the team we played on the 14th of December was far better than the team we played at their place. So actually, I think maybe we approached it possibly with the idea that we were going to win this game reasonably comfortably, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't the case. Um, but yeah, we were the better team. Uh, Sweeter does put in a cracking ball, uh, a, dead, a dead ball, puts great corners in, very good at free kicks. So yeah. Um, but he could have had a chance. Uh, Fuller, there was a couple of chances Fuller missed. Stobbsy missed a couple. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we were short of chances. Really. And I guess ultimately it wasn't that long into the game, sort of 15 minutes or so. We did take the lead and it was sort of um, Liam out of pain who whipped the ball back into Sam Fuller and it was an excellent finish from him, wasn't it? As far as I can remember, yeah, it was a great finish. <laughs> yes, but it's now a month ago. So let's just say it was a great goal. Nice, <laughs> drilled into the bottom corner, good finish from Sam Fuller. I can remember it, even though it was a month ago. And we've had Christmas and New Year. And you were there. <laughs> and I was there watching the game. Uh, and, however, it didn't go all our way. You know, you were hoping to go on and build on that, but literally five minutes later, just a free kick lumped into the box, header, and it's in. And it's an equaliser. I, I guess, I mean, the questions we had watching from the sideline was... I mean, I can't remember who was marking it. He was their biggest player, and it was, well, why wasn't Bertie marking him? Because he wasn't. We're not always the best at array, uh, organising ourselves for, for corners, free kicks, actually. This, is, uh, this has happened a few times. Uh, we don't set quickly enough. Uh, we don't pick our markers quickly enough. And we're probably not cute enough about who marks who. You just tend to pick the man who's closest to you. So probably something we could learn. Uh, he was a big guy, so you've got to say fair play to him. He won the, he won the header. Josh got a, a good hand to it um, and it for a moment looked like it might actually just be cleared but it just kind of pinged up in the air and then just fell behind him actually so it yeah, almost it, happened in slow motion it did almost happen in slow motion and we were watching the side going well it, it was you were 
we were stood with us sort of like holding our breath going is it going to go in and it was like everyone on the pitch was doing the same instead of chasing it and trying to clear it I mean I don't know whether people could have got there or not it's difficult to say from there but you'd like to see someone making the effort uh, is that fair? I don't know if it's whether it's the effort or not I don't think we probably would have got to it uh, it just it's just out it's just out of reach just a strange Anyway, that led to a bit of a revival for us. And here we did start to make a few chances. Like I think you already mentioned, like Sam Fuller had a couple, and um, Sweet had a shot, uh, which deflected wide, and Payne had a decent header. But I think probably the best two fell to Sam Fuller. He had a couple of really good chances, and at this point, he, I mean, he genuinely could have had a hat trick, but it's still one all. Yeah, it's, I can't criticise Fuller too too much for this because he's been playing excellently, um, and he quite rightly without spoiling uh, the surprise at the end he quite rightly got man of the match because <laughs> uh, and he fully deserved it um, but yeah we, you know as a more defensive minded player it can be frustrating when we miss lots of chances and as the game progressed it turned out to be that way that we pay for it yeah. and it didn't get any better at half well it got, we got a half time pretty much but Todd Morgan came off injured as well so that's our one available sub used and yeah. so it's 11 men for the second half and you just got to whatever will be will be with what we've got you've got no other options yeah we were the better team we knew we should win it but then when you're suddenly down to 11 and you have no options and it's a heavy pitch and I don't know things start playing on your mind that you just start worrying and we miss chances after chance after chance and you just get that feeling that something's going to happen uh, and it did um, so yeah uh, well, we got to half time one all. Um, and then continue to sort of attack, but uh, who scores first? But Stormbridge. Yeah. And, um, I've jumped, I've jumped ahead. You have jumped ahead, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because it's the next thing I can remember. Yeah, okay. So memory's not good, but from the start of the second half, we started pretty well. I mean, we created a lot of chances. Uh, Josh put in one fantastic cross, which just nobody got on the end of which should have uh, Sanford had a good free kick which was well saved by the keeper um, that's not one of the ones I'm counting when I said he should have had a hat-trick they were all in the first half um, we were pressurising with corners which like they were led to goal scrambles and being frantically cleared um, Sam Fuller played a great ball through to Liam Stobbs oh, Stobbs you know went one on one and it was saved and like you say sort of I guess at this point you're thinking well Oh, it's Max, not. It's not going to be our day, isn't it? And yeah, um, Max went round the keeper and just put it wide as well. So it was another really clear cut chance. Unlucky, but another clear, fairly clear cut chance. Yeah. Um, and then just before just before the inevitable does happen, I mean, Steve Flynn makes a great goal line clearance to prevent them going up. Yeah. But then they did go two one up, and that was a just a fairly simple ball across the box and a bloke unmarked to the back stick to tap it home from a few yards. Uh, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed about it because uh, I, I personally possibly could have done slightly more. It wasn't a cross as such, it was more of a deflected shot. So perhaps we, someone could have closed him down, but uh, unfortunately I wasn't um, sharp enough. I just wasn't gambling on the fact that it might have been deflected. And it was deflected almost perfectly into the path of their left winger who had a very fairly easy job of just tapping it in. So disappointing for the team, disappointing for me, um, but pleased that we got back almost straight, back into it straight away. So. And just like the first half where Stolbridge got a very equaliser very soon after going behind, we did the same to them this time round. And it's another corner, which you've had plenty of by now. Uh, another sweet delivery. George Weston got something on it and it went in. Yeah, it's a bit like the... Um the Stormbridge goal where it kind of just in slow motion almost it was just a strange kind of looping I don't quite know how he he sort of just poked it home at top corner bouncing as I don't know it was, it was yeah strange goal but however uh, Westy Westy got it fully deserved I like playing alongside George he's going to be a good player cultured just wish he spoke up a little bit more sometimes um and that led to more chances for us, you know. Uh, Max pulled and made another keeper make another save. George stick a cross slash shot in, which sort of just wide. Um, and then again, when you think, oh, it's going to tie it out to be a draw, we do finally get that winner, and it's very late, last minute, and it's a very nice goal. Can you remember this before? Uh, I can remember. Pure luck, wasn't it? I think it's bobbled off his shins, if I remember rightly. No, no, it was, it was a good, good run. Penny using his pace well. Ran great run, great ball. pass from Fuller. Great, yeah, it was a great ball through by Fuller. Um, 
and uh, yeah, just sort of slotted it past the keeper. It looked like he was roughly in line with the edge of the area. Could have just poked it past him. Uh, and I, I've got to say, I think fully deserved. Uh, but Stormbridge did battle. They did waste a lot of time. Uh, they did whinge a bit, which I find frustrating. I mean, I, I like I like a good whinge, but uh, they they were certainly exceptional at it. Um, but yeah, it was a good good game. Like I said, the pitch cut up. It was very heavy, but I think it was fairly honest. Yeah. Okay, and that was that game. I mean, it's if you're going to, like you say, the better side. Um, bit scrappy at times but if, if you're going to win a game winning it in the last minute is a, a decent way to do so so that's not too bad yeah. uh, and then you had a bit of a bit of a gap a few weeks off and played Saturday just gone which was Saturday the 4th and this one was also at home and this is to Merley Cobham Reserves so the pitch is in a, a lot better nick than the last time out a month later <coughs> yeah I, I can't, we can't complain about the pitch I know I said the Storbridge game was heavy but we had had an awful lot of rain so to get the game on, uh, pretty pretty impressive, and no, really couldn't complain about the Merley Cobham game again. I think I'm just getting a bit old, so any pitch with slightly heavy, uh, it can be a bit frustrating. But no, nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. It was, yeah, no, nice day as well, nice day. And Cobham arrived with just 11 players. Does that does that subconsciously alter a player's mindset to just you know make them think almost 11? We might have a slightly easier day. Uh, it would if all of our players could count to eleven. Um, no, not. I don't think. I don't think we even noticed that it was a, they only had eleven. Um, I've got to say, fair play to them, to be honest, because they turned up. They, and when we say they had eleven, they literally had eleven. There was there was no one to run the line. They had no manager. <coughs> well, the manager played up front. Um, <coughs> they were also waiting on <coughs> excuse me one one other who didn't turn up. So, um, and I personally thought they battled hard. Uh, they played well. They played fairly. Uh, decent, decent bunch of lads to play against. Um, so yeah, it was, I enjoyed the game. Nice, nice game. First game back after Christmas, actually. And we started the game pretty strongly. And Cobham obviously just set up to defend and inviting us to break them down. Really. Yeah, yeah. I, I think from the very, <clears throat> very start of the game, it was clear uh, we were going to have to work hard to break them down. We had an awful lot of possession, um, side to side, passed it nicely along the back, passed it nicely through the midfield. What we didn't quite ever find is that ball through, or that just cute little pass. Yeah, that's fine, you know. If, if there's not a lot of movement, <clears throat> um, then keep hold of the ball. I'm, I'm all in favour of that. But uh, at some point, you need to try and think a bit, a bit more smartly. And, and I don't. Maybe it's a bit cobwebs from, from not having played for three weeks a bit rusty um, so yeah it was sort of we, we struggled to really break through and the times that we did the ball never quite stuck it seemed to come back at us uh, or a, a funny bobble or, um, and I think Merley, Merley set up to defend pretty well so you know, it, it was never going to be easy um, but we were comfortably the, the ball-playing team of the two teams. So dominant without testing the keeper, and I guess for, from their point of view, their, their game plan was working. Was there any sort of frustration creeping into the side because people start doing the wrong thing if they get a bit frustrated with things? Uh, if anything, I think we, it would have been nice to see, see us try something just a little bit more often, if that makes any kind of sense. So we kept the ball, and that's great. Um, but that's all we did and, and then like I said the, the only frustration was occasion that we did try and move forwards we did seem to lose it quite quite quickly we didn't, the ball didn't ever quite stick at people's feet and it just came back at us a little bit um, not that they were attacking but the ball just came back to us and we were and started at square one um, so no I, d- I don't think as a team we got overly overly frustrated um, but like I said we were just lacking a bit of creativity I think our, I guess probably the first chance you had really was five minutes before half time and it's a it's the best well the best opportunity as, as much as anything uh, finally a, a good bit of interplay uh, between a few of you and Max Rousel turns his man and is, and is fouled yeah uh, yeah it probably was the first time really we'd got forwards with any kind of uh, em- em- uh, em- emphasis um, 
and yeah Max did uh, what you'll see on Match of the Day every week somebody just making sure they get in front of their marker <clears throat> and making the marker just clip his heels effectively so sort of turn him and um, their players <clears throat> kept saying to me how, how clever it was and I thought well they'd never met Max before <laughs> no, just, no joking it's, uh, no it was clever play by Max actually to just make, make sure he got fouled really and you'd be annoyed if it was given against you but you'd definitely want it if it was, give, if it was for you yeah, yeah it was okay. and then and Stobbsy he steps up yeah Stobbsy put it top left corner keep a dive that dive the right way but low so yeah nice, nice penalty yeah and so it's gets to half time that's 1-0 just a few minutes later and obviously I guess that changes things from Cobham's point of view because now well for 40 minutes they had something to play for they had something to hold on to if nothing else but, yeah. but now if they want to get anything out of the game they've got to attack occasionally and I guess that changes everything so they, they do start to push forward and put a bit of pressure on us It, it was strange uh, we came into half time probably in second gear I'd imagine um, we controlled the ball. I, I don't. Well, I don't know what the Opta stats say, but uh, I think if they were being recorded, we would have had seventy percent possession comfortably in the first half. It was very, uh, very comfortable. Like I say, without without lacking a bit of punch. Um, so half time, we're thinking, great. You know, we just need to step it up a couple of gears, and we're gonna we're gonna walk the walk this. But somehow we kind of, I don't know whether panicked or just fell apart. It's just fifteen minutes where. We, um, we couldn't cope with them really and they just kept pinging it into the box pumping it up and we just couldn't get, couldn't, couldn't get the ball to stick so like I say you clear it it comes straight back and it was 10-15 minutes um, and on, on the whole on the balance of the whole game up to that point we deserve to be winning but on the, the chances in the second half they thoroughly deserved the goal that they got I think and they did get the goal and yeah. I guess I don't know maybe not the most beautiful but ball into the box nobody gets there from our point of view and gets bundled in yeah really frustrating goal again actually um, a sh- really short lad uh, and I found myself marking him but not marking him um, and he just made a run and I didn't track it he won a header he must have been a foot shorter than me but he just got to it first and flicked it past. We, it then bobbled around a bit. We had a chance to clear it. Somehow uh, they ended up with the ball at his feet about four yards out and just poked it home. So really frustrating goal. We, we had a few chances to clear it. Uh, and I, at, at that point, I, I couldn't have um, argued against them scoring, really, I don't think. But I guess we responded well enough again. Um, there's only a four minutes to go. Uh, and it's debutant George Russell who, who made the mark. Yeah, George came on to replace Max and uh, Morley came on as well to replace Jacob. Um, there was a bit more energy, uh, but without still really creating tons of chances, but we did regain control of the game. Uh, and the only ever, ever possible chance they were going to get was on the break and even then there was nothing like they didn't look like scoring I think they settled back into hoping for a draw um, and yeah then, and then George Russell got a really cracking finish actually we, we'd, we'd started pushing a bit would I put money on a scoring probably not but at least we started having some efforts people shooting getting into the box uh, but actually it was George he was outside the box uh, I think he beat his defender to the ball uh, and then probably 20 yards out drilled it uh, right foot bottom left hand corner well well struck nice really nice sweetly struck goal keeper literally rooted to the spot to the point that we all thought it was going wide uh, and in my head I was uh, beginning to to swear at him and why, why the hell has he started shooting from there but actually yeah really really nice goal and I guess I mean you know the last few minutes throughout the game but I guess the positive to take from these last couple of games is maybe you know at times performances have been quite good creating chances at other times you struggle to break things down but but either way the character and the spirit is there that we've kept going and two late winners certainly I mean maybe three or four minutes to go in this one literally the last minute in the, the game against Stallbridge you know it does it does take something to be able to keep going and hammer keep going hammer you know knocking on the door and, and getting your thing late on it's a, a sign of a sign of something isn't it and he used to say title winning sides or something but maybe not yeah. maybe maybe not but you know it shows 
good character and good, good strength of personality. I think let's not get carried away with about title talking, but uh, yeah, absolutely, it's great. I, conversely, it's uh, also the worst way to lose, isn't it? In yeah. So I, I feel for both teams. Um, uh, but to be honest, the, the Merley Cobbard game was just a game we had to get through it. Win it, get through it. I don't care how we win it. It's your first game back. We haven't played for over three weeks. We're barely trained. Um, so two on, I'll take it. Uh, let's just move on, take the fitness, and, and um, look forward to the next game. It's uh, we deserve to win it. There's no, there's no argument about that in terms of it. But I, I think Burley really do deserve some great credit for for playing the way they did. Uh, they played it in great spirit. <coughs> um, you know, just 11, 11 guys there. So a nice, nice group of guys after as well. So I think they deserve great credit for, for their performance. Good. Another results from the weekend were Blandford 2, Cranbourne 5, Chickle 1, Wincanton 3, Mere 4, Dortsport 1, uh, League leaders Poolborough 1, Bemminster 2. Um, don't know whether Poole was slightly off par or Bemminster had a load of ringers in for that game. Uh, Storbridge 1, Broadstone 2 and obviously our result. Uh, Poolborough are still top of the table. They lead with 11, having played 11 with 26 points. We're in second, three points behind on the same number of games. Uh, just two points behind us but with a game in hand is Sturminster Marshall. 21 points. Yeah, probably worth uh, just highlighting this, this might show you where <laughs> occasionally we've struggled at Poolborough are three points ahead of us. Goal difference is double. Uh, Sturr, two points behind us. Their goal difference is more than double. So, goal scoring or conceding too many is the problem. Uh, well, well, I mean, look, at our level, how often do you get a 2-0 or a 1-0? It's not very often, is it? So, it's, I, I think we are playing very well, actually, at times. And when we get the ball on the ground, whether we go side to side, I'm not too bothered. We, we play really good football. And most players on our team want to play good football. We just need to maybe uh, score more, probably. <laughs> and concede less. That would yeah, be great. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other notable thing we ought to point out about the league table is Meertown currently in fifth, but they have only played eight games with 19 points. If they win their three games in hand on us, they will go above us and also top of the league. Uh, and I would also point out that Tisbury have played five. <laughs> uh, that might suggest that they're struggling slightly. Who knows? It's because they've entered so many, apparently, so they've entered so many cup games. They're not playing any league games. Okay. <laughs> so play we'll see how that works out for them. Okay, the under-18s returned to winning ways with a 7-3 victory over Priory Pumas in the Western Supermare. Rory Thompson hit four, Tom Jarvis had two, and Connor Sharp completed the scoring. All right, Chris, I'm going to ask you a question, trying not to get too angry about things. So, okay. it's been over the Christmas period, shall we say, Christmas yeah. and New Year, there's been a lot of VAR. Uh, I know your take on a lot of things, but there seems to have been over Christmas a lot of decisions which you lay them out and they're right. They're, they're correct to the laws of the game. However, we're still getting angry about them being given. Something's not quite right with VAR, is it? Uh, I mean, I, I don't like change. So first <laughs> off, I'm sceptical about it. I don't think there's any doubt that using goal line technology is works as work to treat and if you look to other sports like cricket <clears throat> then the computer simulation and the regulations and the, the limits of which have been defined and agreed by everyone is set in stone and is absolute and there is no interpretation of it. The problem with VAR is you still have interpretation so whether you've got the referee's interpretation or whether you've got someone in, in a an office somewhere's interpretation it's still an interpretation and so I still think the decisions some of the decisions over Christmas are wrong and you think they're right um, so we're still arguing about them regardless of who's made the decision so why do you need it and you're slowing the game down you have two or three minutes where the crowd have no idea you have players who now don't celebrate goals because they're never quite certain in whether it's going to take off I think a lot of things I think it's not it's not good enough I think there are things that are, are wrong and I think some decisions are right and you know in the, if you look at it completely objectively there are some decisions that have been given like well yes that is a penalty or yes it is a, or is yes it, but is it clear and obvious 
what what are we looking to try and overturn? Are we looking to try and overturn everything in the box? Are we looking at everything that's in there? So the minus things that you can look at anything, or are we only looking at a clear and obvious error? If someone stands on someone's foot, is that and the referee doesn't see it, is that a clear and obvious error? That's my question. I'm not in the cold light of day, if you like literally to the laws, is it a, is it a foul? Probably yes. Is it clear and obvious? This is where we get to. And someone's clearing up. Someone's clearly the, the referees in Stockley Park's clearing obvious is different from my clearing obvious. That's what I would say. And I know the FA directive has been for referees not to use that little pitch side monitor, but it is there at every single game. Should they be using it more, or are they, or is it an easier option to go just draw the TV monitor with their hands or their fingers and say someone else has said this? Uh, <clears throat> look, I. I just, I, just, I just feel uneasy about it. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit. The flow of the game's not right. Even if you have the guy running over to the monitor, you still have 60,000 people on the ground standing, waiting, with nothing happening. No. With, um, with no idea. No, don't, tell me, don't say they've got no idea what's going on. When, when they all stop and the referee's got his finger in their ear, they all know there's a VAR decision. They don't, they, don't, they don't know what they're looking at. No, they don't know, they know what they're looking at, but they, are, they know it's a... Because you see what it is generally on the big screen. And you look back... And you think, it turns out referees don't actually make that many mistakes. And no, if they do right, make yeah. a mistake, I sometimes think it is and you don't, or vice versa. Yeah, but that's the subjective, objective exactly. thing. Sometimes. So Some they things, don't yeah. make... And yes, I know the argument is always made, well, you could be relegated because you didn't win that point yeah. in that game. They balance out. These things always balance out. And by next week, you've forgotten about the terrible decision that was made. The managers' press conferences always focus on the what happened. You know, the, the one decision went against them that day. Then forget the three that they got the week before. So that's so everything. I but I don't mind the human error. I don't mind the human mistakes. I, I think should it be something like if you? I mean, just taking the let's take the subjective area for a minute because I think there's two separate conversations really. Um, if you've got to look at something, and if you can't. If a, if a ref or if the bloke in Stockley Park is looking at it and in I don't know 30 seconds 45 se- 45 seconds because that's like you know almost like a you know 45 minutes 45 seconds is, is sort of an equivalence to it if he can't decide it's different from the ref- what the referee gave in that time the on-field decision stands is that something that should happen? Well I suggest I think I suggested this to you earlier in the season yeah, um, and, and the way and, well, I think your point was well surely you would want the right decision no matter how long it took I think I might have played devil's advocate but yes I think possibly <laughs> you were however yeah I would agree if you can't tell within 30 seconds it's not clear it's not obvious exactly. and the way you get around it is you don't show any more replays yep. so don't let everyone have the chance to see the super super slow-mo and then you don't worry about people making the wrong decision so then, so, yeah, so then flip this to, I mean, I agree, but flip this to, so let's take a, a factual, te- what is technically a factual decision in terms of offside. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We, I think we've all heard the arguments about the, the frame speed of the cameras is not good enough to keep up with it. And so actually what you're measuring isn't correct, but let's leave that out of the argument for a minute. Okay. They're drawing a line on a pitch. And even if you were to, again, I mean, A, there's the argument to say, if it's, if you can't, look at the replay with your eye and decide if someone's offside or not surely the on-field decision should stand probably yeah agreed and looking at it the other way like you say with the cricket there's a, the built-in tolerance which everyone agrees isn't there exactly. yeah okay I accept that there's so no argument there's no argument however those parameters however they will still be drawing lines on the pitch if you have that tolerance won't they it'll just be at a different position than it is at the moment uh, yeah, probably, but I, I think you're right with the use your eye. If your eyes can't see it, yeah. if you're looking at a replay and it's not obvious, just move on. Then you, you stick with the on-field it. decision. Yeah. Because this is this is brought out something over Christmas. Like, so all of a sudden over Christmas, there was a conversation about is there armpit offside? Where's their armpit? I mean, who's ever scored with an armpit? And when have we ever talked about armpits in football? I mean, this is how ridiculous it's gone. <laughs> exactly. Well, the one positive, I guess, is that people now understand what offside is. So people understand <laughs> that you can't be offside with a hand. Yeah. And people have begun to realise you can only be offside with something you can score with. So that's, that's a positive. No, but it, 
it's, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But drawing on a line, spending three minutes and realising he might be an inch offside, that, that's pointless, isn't it? That's not in the spirit of the game. The game is, a, is all about attacking excitement, isn't it? Yeah. And the offside rule was brought in in the late 1800s and modified in the 1920s. And it was there to, to stop goal hanging. It's not to stop yeah. people scoring, it was literally to stop people standing at the other end of the pitch and goal hanging and changing yeah. the way it plays. So it's to worry whether someone's half an inch offside or half a toenail or an armpit offside yeah. is not in the spirit of the rule and we, we sort of feels like we've got that wrong. Yeah, and our, our friend Rick told us an interesting <laughs> yeah, story today yeah. uh, when he was playing uh, in a London league uh, in the 70s maybe? 80s, uh, maybe late. I don't know. Anyway, uh, apologies Rick if that was uh, too early. Um, <laughs> too late. When they, yeah, when they got rid of they they played without offside. They played season, for an trial season. season, yeah. And every game finished six three and five four, and uh, it was quietly abandoned. So I don't think there's a huge amount wrong with the, the offside rule as it is. And if you see some of the decisions that the linesmen pick up and get right oh, at full yeah. pace, it's not very often that they get it horribly wrong, is it? So no, it was, it was quite good when, because um, obviously it was a few years ago now, and she's still around. But obviously, Sean Massey yeah. was like the first female linesman to come in. She made some like three big offside decisions in the first like three games, and you like every single one looked the opposite of what she gave. But when you see it down, she was right on every single one, and and yeah. they, people were clearly wanted her to be wrong because she was female and coming into it, but she nailed every single one. And it's like it's like right, okay, she's quite good. Then. <laughs> we'll have her. Yeah, well, to be, to, to be honest, it's it's people uh, underestimate lines lines bidding, I think, and um, but. To be looking, you, you've almost got to be looking in two different places at exactly the same time. Uh, when the ball is kicked, not almost. You actually have well, you to be yeah, looking, yeah. and and as, as and, it's been proven, it's a physical impossibility. Yeah. It's not possible to do that. And to pick up when someone's offside, and they they really do, yeah. not very often get it wrong. No, it's, I mean studies of studies of match officials have, have proven things. I think they get about ninety four percent of decisions right, and this is decision. So it's it's not just the stuff that they give; it's the stuff that people want and they don't give so that that tackle is that a foul yes or no I haven't given it that's still a decision you know and it's that sort of thing so and VAR is only supposed to like get that 94% correct decisions up to about 96 97 something like that so it's not supposed to make things perfect it's it's just eradicating the very clear and the occasional very clear very obvious mistake and it doesn't really appear to have done that does it so it absolutely not and now, and now it's just creating a huge amount of anger so instead of uh, lively debates amongst whether the foul the referee was right you've now got arguments over whether the computers dis- or someone sitting under Mars uh, I mean the one, the one thing it does annoy me about this slightly is or in its favour slightly is when people go oh well VAR denied us that goal it's like no VAR didn't deny you that goal the laws of the game denied you that goal it was just applied using VAR the application by a human of the laws, of the laws, laws of the has defi- yeah it's not VAR but it's easier to criticise an inanimate object than it is a human isn't it so, yeah. I, I would say that Morley probably needs to take note of the, the linesman right I do remember seeing him about 25 yards behind play as he was running the line on Saturday. Maybe, maybe we'll see him send him on a referee's course, shall we? I think it's hopeless. <laughs> it's a lost cause, that one. <laughs> OK, uh, well, that'll do for uh, that for a minute. Me and Chris are going to go and refresh our glasses while we wait for Malik to turn up, and I'll be back shortly with Malik to talk about the two first-team games we've had. He probably won't notice we've been away. OK, and I'm glad to say you've uh, been joined by Malik Kamal. Uh, welcome, Mal. Um, so, uh, two games since we lasted a podcast with the first team. The first one was on Saturday, the 28th of December. So, just after Christmas, we were away at Balti Sports. We know that's always a, a tough place to go. Uh, I guess a couple of things before the start of the game was first thing was, I guess we were pleased to have a game after three weeks without. Yeah, definitely. I haven't played in a few weeks. I think everyone was getting bored on Saturday, especially with it being Christmas. It just led to lots of drinking and. Yeah, it was good that we had a game, but it just came the wrong side of Christmas. And I think, given we had had quite a lot of rain in the in the build-up to this, unfortunately, maybe for us, it's quite a few of the team had gambled that the game was going to be off and enjoyed their Friday night a bit too much. Yeah, a few people went out, helped the kitty out, but didn't really help us out. I know that. Um, I know that Flam had a had a drink the night before, and he was then sidelined from it. Yeah, so not the best start really, and. I mean, like I say, I mean, it was wet and 
I know speaking to speaking to their manager if the game had been on the Friday, the day before, there's no way it would have been played, but it recovered in time and that led to a being quite a heavy pitch, very soft, and obviously that didn't help the people who'd uh, enjoyed themselves the night before. No, definitely not. I mean, getting down there from afar, the pitch looked good, but when we went out to a warm-up, there was a few puddles on the pitch, so I think there was a few disappointed faces. And it was a sort of... Well, it wasn't the best game, was it, from start to finish, really, and it was a very slow start, neither keeper or defence being unduly troubled at all, really. No, it's quite a boring end-to-end game, really. No chance, no real chances were really created from either side. And we were just, we were sort of plugging away, but it was always like the final things of that final pass into somebody wasn't quite right. The cross wasn't good enough. It was, you know, we didn't really get a shot, but just we just we were getting pushing up and getting to the final third, but not then turning it into an opportunity. Yeah, no, uh, the end product wasn't there for for us on. 28th but if we get more heads to training then no reason we can't change it I think that's our problem this season end product and you know we did we did have a, a couple of small efforts in the first half uh, Josh pulled the ball back into Houch and his shot was sort of deflected off for a corner and, and then the other one was a, a Dan Ewan's free kick so talk us through that one Mal yeah a really good free kick actually from Dan very close um he didn't seem too keen to take it, but we called him over. He had a go and inches from the top corner. Uh, and then second half, things livened up a little bit. We had, we could, well, I say livened up, not massively, but we had a corner and Johnny Manley made a, the keeper made a good save from a Manley header from a corner. Yeah, I think the second half they had, they had two different keepers in. One came off injured and they both done really well keeping them in the game, really. Um, I think this sort of time we were putting on a bit of pressure to them and unlucky not to score really yeah two, two brothers in goal um, you know the, the, the normal keeper starting goal and his, his brother Marco the manager came on for him and, and Marco he did really well when he came on I thought you know came for crosses really confidently claimed them you know you were sort of hoping it might just be a, a you know a way through for us but it, it wasn't was he he was just as confident and adept in goal as, as his brother was yeah, really good goalkeeper actually, especially for a sub keeper who's who's your manager, kept them in the game, made some really good game saving saves for them. I guess maybe was it our best chance? Was a was a, a great ball from Barrett to Josh who just couldn't quite convert. Yeah, I think if we had a bit more support up there we would have probably went one nil up, but it's not always the way the cookie crumbles. And I guess the one big moment after that, really, of the game was it was a, a, a cross from their player to the to the substitute, the little lad who comes on, uh, and his header hit the post, and we may have got a bit lucky. Yeah, um, good passage of play from them there. Like I say, like Phil said, sorry, um, really lucky that the post was there for us. It looked like from where I was standing that they could have went one nil up and nicked the late goal. And, it, and I mean the rebound straight into Cuffy's arms I mean you've got to be thankful that it could have bounced anywhere really in or straight to one of their players or but you know our luck was in at that moment yeah Cuffy was right place right time for that one um, hold on we're just going to get to Malik's big oh, moment <laughs> we did get the ball in the net Mal uh, and it was some nice play from you through to Luca, but unfortunately Luca was flagged offside yeah I um, can't remember who it was that played the ball over to me but I got on the end, to, end of it sort of passed it in front of me into where Luca was running and because the keeper was out and um, apparently Luca was in front of their defender he was then offside but for me Luca was definitely onside and we should have had the goal counted and the game just sort of so he was ahead so it was actually the goalkeeper was ahead of the ahead of Luca wasn't he? I can't remember if the goal I think the goalkeeper was, was coming out I can't remember it too well but I'm adamant Luca was on the side, but that's probably me being a bit biased. <laughs> <laughs> and not being a linesman. And the game just sort of petered out. It was nil-nil. I mean, we've struggled to find much to talk about in this game. It was a game without a lot of incident. Nil-nil was probably a fair result and reflected much of the game, wasn't it? Yeah, boring game to play in, really. I feel sorry for the people that had to watch it, but... They paid to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there was nothing... Two, like no two big chances for the team so I think a point is fair OK so we were hoping for better when we travelled to Portland a week later uh, Saturday the 4th of January and 
you know, Portland's a, it's a nice place to go, Mal, it? The pitch is good, it's a nice little stadium, it's a good facilities. You know, we like going there, it's a good place to go and play. Yeah, lovely pitch up there at the top, really windy though, and some not so nice fans <laughs> there, Rens. <laughs> I, oh, I don't know, I think they were, yeah, they were good, right. good humoured, let's say. Yeah. They were right, they always, just... always on our manager's case. Yeah, I just wanted to have a laugh, really, I think. And mixed team news for us. We had uh, uh, Adam Barrett out ill, Tim Trevor away, uh, but Ollie Wakes available after a, a long time out and Louis Owen available. So, you know, mixed team news, some good news, some bad news. Yeah, definitely good news getting uh, Louis in, having Flem back in the squad. Well, technically he was in the squad the week before, he just wasn't necessarily in the fittest state to play. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Flem, I like, I like playing with Flem, really big presence on the pitch so good don't have. worry everyone I'll edit that bit out <laughs> <laughs> and good to have Ollie back as well he's real leader and again we, we didn't start that well really we just kept giving the ball away didn't we and we had, I mean it's a big pitch at Portland isn't it and we were passes were going astray we were trying long balls that weren't really on and we couldn't get any rhythm going no it's just quite a sloppy start from us again but soon as we found ourselves, I think that we did start playing the better football out of the two sides. And um, we did fairly early have the ball in the net. Um, it was Luca Martin who's, who put it there. It's a nice little pass from Steve Flynn. And again, just like last week at Bowie, the linesman was not Luca's friend and he was flagged offside. Yeah, again, probably inches in it. But I, I didn't think he was offside this week either. But one of those ones yeah I mean my initial reaction was I thought he was but so you know but we're, we're not on the neither is in a good position to tell so you know, it was a good finish okay. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. it's a good ball a good finish so you, you've got to think well it's a sign of things to come isn't it You know, at least we can get the ball yeah at least he's putting them in the back of the net um, Steve Flynn had a shot that went high and wide probably the next thing and I think the big moment really of the first half was uh, again involving Luca Martin uh, driving into the box and what looks like a blatant penalty. Yeah, I was right next to Luca. I think um, we did get a penalty in the end, but I think this looked more of a penalty than what we actually got a penalty for. So I'm not too sure if the ref felt bad for making a mistake earlier in the game or what it was, but I thought it was definitely a penalty. However, it wasn't a B, and we get to half time at 0 0. Um, not ideal, but that's where we are. Um, and the second half, we sort of started okay and we, we pressed well um, and we pressed quite hard at times, but we, we didn't really create anything still, did we? No, I think we needed a bit of a wake-up call to, um, to actually get ourselves into the game properly and that's what it did take for us to score, was them to score before us. Yeah. And they did score and, it, and although, like you say, it probably woke us up when it happened, but... It was an avoidable goal, wasn't it? It was a sort of a long ball up. We didn't deal with it well enough. And, he, I mean, although he finished it very well, it was avoidable. Yeah, brilliant finish. But like most of the goals we've conceded this year, um, goes down to mistakes from us, which we need to work on in training. But he, he bent it around well with his right foot, didn't he, into the bottom corner. So, you know, fair play to the lads. Great finish. And once too long, we did get back into it. And it is a penalty, like you, you mentioned earlier, Mal, and... Uh, Josh had come on at half time or just after half time and uh, got brought down in the box and was it a penalty? It was a penalty but I, it's one of those ones where if you concede it you're, you're going crazy at the ref because he did win the ball but he also took a hell of a lot of Josh's leg. Yeah, I mean he completely went through him and wiped him out and I think these you go back 10 years that everyone's going that's a wonderful tackle these days that's careless or reckless or dangerous or one of those yeah. words and he came from behind so it's a it's a penalty whether you like it or not I think these days and, uh, you know what Flem's like stepping up for a penalty he had the ball on the spot while their players are still arguing about it <laughs> but in the end he finished it well yeah great penalty into the bottom corner don't think the keeper had any real chance even though he dived the right way uh, I think one of the moments of the game then came shortly afterwards I can't remember who crossed the ball but Louis Irwin with the header and uh, their keeper I mean talk us through it yeah good cross into the box Louis done really well to meet it and get it on target how he did and the keepers pulled it out of the bag really saving it possibly saving the game 
I mean, it's a fabulous save, wasn't it? Just a pure reaction save. I mean, you were sort of up celebrating, weren't you? Is that yeah. thought it was in? But I mean, fabulous save, and that's what happens sometimes. Um, and we do take the lead shortly after Mal. And uh, can you remember who scored it? Yeah, it was me. Oh, right. Okay, time <laughs> um, to do it then. <laughs> I think it was Ollie played a short free kick to me. It, like we had a lot of men in the box, sort of for the crossing, and. Um, yeah, Ollie played one short to me. I took a touch out my feet, shot on target. Luckily, it took a deflection, just which probably caught the keeper off guard a little bit, and we've equalised. Why, wide enough to oh, be no. your goal? Or no, we, we're not equalised. We've, no, t- we've taken, taken the lead. Take the lead, yeah. 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 On, on target, or is that one of those? Definitely on target. Definitely I had to claim that. It. Oh, definitely, it was definitely on target. Yeah. Um, and so this puts us two on up. There's five minutes to go. In a way, we're sort of breathing a sigh of relief. Um, probably a bit longer than five, actually, but we're still breathing a sigh of relief at this point because it's we're not played well. We got two and up. You think we're going to go and win it here? We're, we're you know we're still pushing for another goal, really. And and then well, an absolute let's call it a flurry of errors. Shall we? Led to an equaliser for Portland. Yeah, I think we were probably a bit complacent, even only being two two one up. Um, had the ball comfortably went to play it back it was a bad pass really and uh, I think it was Will Arland at the back can, was, wasn't able to control it it was an awful pass to him yeah poor pass by Flem um, sort of up in the air 20 uh, yards up in the air he's underneath it with a centre forward yeah spins over Will's head and they've got a striker who gambles gets on the end of it and puts it away quite nicely and finishes well doesn't it really yeah so, you know, a little bit of a shock at that point. We're back to being level again, a bit annoyed. And so we're, we're pushing all out for the winner. Uh, and I think we've got a corner, we chuck in the box and they break. You know, they break and they've got four or five streaming forward and we've only got one or two streaming back. And I guess maybe the inevitable happens and it's another good finish. Yeah, I love, uh, pretty much sums up our game, really. Them counter-attacking on the break scoring goals really and we probably should have had a, a third man back or a second man back to support but but I think that I mean you could argue that the way they stream forward to make sure they get a the goal they were that positive in attacking we should be that positive in defending should we should yeah. be coming back as well with the same numbers yeah I think what it was is we we were definitely on the front foot and it felt like that for the whole of the second half so we tried snatching all three points rather than settling for one and ended up costing us. So the reserves picked up a, a win in the last couple of minutes of their game and we managed to pick up a defeat in the last couple of minutes of our game, which is not the result we were hoping for, if we're honest about it. In, in hindsight, do you think you should have just held on for two all away from home? Long, long journey? No. You, you'd rather have gone for it and lost 3-2? Yeah. I think yeah, we need, we need to go for the three points, especially after a nil-nil. A week before, we had to win the game, didn't we? Needed the confidence as well against a side like Portland, no disrespect. So, we lost 3 2, not a great performance, needs to be better, let's be honest. And, um, you know, we've got a, another game this weekend against Swan, it should be a tough thing, and we, we need to be better to, to come through that. Um, a strange stat for us for the first team. I mean, it's nice to have Ollie Wake back. You know, he's been fabulous for us the last couple of years, but he's, we've, the last two games he's played, we've lost both games. Uh, I mean, that's not something you'd expect, is it? No, not at all, but I don't think it's got anything to do with <laughs> him being in the side or not. One of our most experienced players. Absolutely, but the amount of people who pointed it out to me on Saturday, I thought I'd better mention it. Um, and the, the other great, nice thing about Portland, I mean, is... I mean, this, I don't think I've ever seen this happen before, Mal, but, you know, they brought out food, there's sausage and chips, there's bread to make chip sandwiches, and they're proper chip shop chips as well and everything. I don't think I've ever seen us leave food before. No, neither have I. Um, definitely a first for me as well, but I've not been in the game as long as you. <laughs> Very impressive. You haven't even <laughs> You weren't born when I was playing. <laughs> Anyway, other results on the weekend with Bournemouth Sports 3, Wareham 2, Bridport 2, Sherbourne 3, Corfcastle 2, Gillingham 0, uh, Dorch 1, Holt 1, Hamrek 3, Balty 1, Murley Cobham 1, Stern Newton 0, Portland 3, Western Sports 2, and oh, that's it. Uh, so, Elite Table, Hamrek played 12, 1 12. They are seemingly unstoppable at the moment. Uh, 36 points from a possible 36. Uh, Gillingham in second, but they played five games more than Hamrek. Uh, 
Uh, Merley in third. They placed two games more than home rec. Uh, we are currently down in six. Uh, we've got a couple of games in hand on most of the people above us, or at least one game in hand. So we potentially could go second, or the very least, we could go third on goal difference behind Merley Cobham. Okay, just to finish off, Mal, you did well because uh, me and Chris had a little VAR chat while you weren't here. You probably did well to miss that, to be honest with you. Um, but I do have a question for you about recent games. Obviously, we've just had the uh, FA Cup uh, round weekend and uh, Liverpool beat Everton. And this is not someone you may know, depending on how much you know about the history of various teams. But Bill Shankly is a famous Liverpool manager from the past. Have you heard of him? I've heard of him. You've heard of him. He's got one, well, one of his quite many famous quotes so this, uh, is that uh, there's only two teams in Liverpool and that's Liverpool FC and Liverpool Reserves after the Liverpool Reserves have humbled Everton is he right? yeah <laughs> he is. as much as I hate Liverpool he is probably right definitely right ok well that's very clear and uh, I think the other thing I want to mention was uh, the Rochdale-Newcastle game where Rochdale scored a, an equaliser against Newcastle and it's a big moment for uh, uh, Aaron Wilbrahams who scored the goal uh, there's a big fuss being made because he's, he's 40 years old but I mean he's just a youngster isn't he we got a player older than that he's scored three this season so far yeah he's probably better than him as well <laughs> no I, I, I didn't see the game but doing that in the FA Cup at 40 is quite impressive absolutely scoring exploits have quiet we've stopped playing wing backs <laughs> don't get in the positions anymore I think it's. I think Tranmere are probably worthy of mentions in the FA Cup too, are they? From three 0 down against Premier League opposition to away yeah, from home. That's not too bad. Not too shabby. To actually. come back to draw three all is fantastic. Twenty five minutes left. Yeah. Good achievement. Phenomenal. It's what the FA Cup's all about. Yeah. Okay, and thank you very much for listening. Uh, weather permitting, we will be back in action this weekend. Uh, the first welcome Swanage to Alvington, looking to bounce back from last week's disappointment and the nil-nil draw away at Balti before that. The reserves travel to face a slope at Chickle in what will certainly be another tough test, and both of these are two o'clock kickoffs. The under-18s hit the road again this weekend on Sunday as they travel to high-flying Bridgewater Wolves. We are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and all other good podcast providers. Please subscribe and give us a nice rating. If you'd like to get in touch, then please use the hashtag #WFCPod. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Chris and Malik for their time this evening and to remind you that Saturday the 1st of February needs to go in your diaries as that's our comedy night and we (coughs) love a big show in to help support local football in the area. Thank you very much for listening.